you protect what you love. Hunting is a life, not a lifestyle, it's a life. This is Hunters to show people how great of a job we're doing for conservation, providing for ourselves all the things you and I understand. I think you kind of owe it to the animal that you're hunting to be as prepared as possible. You know, as I get older, I appreciate the laughs and the time and the experience. That. What's up, dude? Not much, man. Oh. oh, let's turn that up. We just leveled <laughs> up, apparently. <laughs> That's what happens when you go. You see what those uh, significance? It's the first time we've done a podcast not over the phone. That's right. <laughs> Upgrade. And we upgraded. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. When we do, I, the first time I recorded podcast at NWTF was last year, and it's always fun because you have situations like you. You know, I've, I've had you. You, um, which again, I, I realize y'all can't see. I'm with Jeremiah Bowdy from Field to Plate. <laughs> Um, if y'all have listened, I'm sure you have because you like the first podcast we did together was like one of them. Like it still holds the title for most listened to podcast episode we've done. I'm still getting messages. Hey, I'm listening to your first podcast. I'm like, that's yeah. awesome, man. <laughs> I think you yeah. and I were just BSing. So yeah, we were just talking about whatever. But um, yeah, so uh, it, it's a great opportunity. Like, hey, man, you're gonna be here. I'm gonna be here. Let's let's do a podcast. Let's talk about because we haven't talked about turkeys yet. Right. And let's do one where we're not talking over the phone. That's awesome. Yeah, and Jimmy told us to, that we need to. So yeah, Jimmy's uh Jimmy's obviously listens to our podcast <laughs> all the time. So yeah, guys. Um, so Jeremiah and Jimmy were both in on a, se- a seminar yesterday, which I guess we can probably talk about that some later. It's an interesting subject. But so Jimmy comes in after the seminar, comes back to the booth. He's like, "Late, there's this guy from uh, um, his name's Jeremiah something." He's from California. He cooks a lot of wild game. You should really consider him having him on the podcast. Seemed like an interesting guy. I was like, oh, yeah, Jimmy, thanks. I'll consider it. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm real, I'm serious. I was like, well, he's been on there twice. so <laughs> We'll make it happen. Yeah. What do you think, man, of the, the whole convention and stuff? It, it, is this your first? It is my yeah. first, yeah. What do you think? I think it's awesome. Man. I've been to so many conventions, and I think this one, being a consumer show, it's awesome just to see, like, yeah. kids and families and – women and just different people walking around the show and it's just intense like i went on the floor yesterday and i was on there for like 10 minutes and had to leave because it was so crowded yeah it's like good gracious yeah but yeah yeah i yeah, know so it's fun but it's also cool to see like all the nwtf people from all over the country like meeting in one spot yeah no and doubt. they're all super passionate about <laughs> turkeys and conservation like yeah. being from california like turkey hunters are turkey hunters right but like seeing turkey hunters from like alabama yeah Good gracious. It's a different level of intensity, isn't it? I mean, we would never have a calling contest in California. And yeah. Then seeing dudes get up and be grand national champions and yeah. sound just like a turkey. It's kind of cool. It's a, Yeah. It, it's um. I don't know what it is about the southeast, but uh, we actually – Jordan and I were actually talking to Dave Owens about that yesterday evening. Because even, you know, like our, our television shows when they air, when the turkey episodes air, like when it's elk or whitetail or whatever, the like the viewership, you know, you can kinda, we can kind of see regions of what's watching what's just pretty well spread. When it's turkey related, like we still get, you know, pretty well spread out, but like so much concentration goes right to the southeast because that's where all your turkey hunters are. And everyone just gets tuned in on it. It's funny, um, but yeah, man, I, I think uh, definitely want to talk about obviously because you know when we talk about some turkey cooking and stuff like that. But I think it would be we'd kind of be missing out on an opportunity if we didn't kind of bring up what the seminar that you and Jimmy were in yesterday because I know that's something that you're passionate about. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the kind of the r3 movement and what's going on with the state of hunting and all that and um yeah uh, yeah i mean i was invited here to come talk and it was just supposed to be yesterday with uh my cousins on there jimmy zinc and we were talking about the like hunting heritage and the decline in hunting but i ended up speaking at three other seminars for all the 
Department of you know Fish and Wildlife folks, all the R three coordinators, about this subject about how hunting has been in a decline. Yeah. And so to actually sit on a panel with some guys that a lot of folks look as icons, and hear some of them talk about how horrible the decline is from a retail side, from a conservation side, from just buying hunting li- hunting yeah. license. So yeah. for me to sit on a panel and talk about it and talk about the new hunter that it doesn't look like. You and I, yeah. You know they don't have a beard. They don't come from the south, right? They don't. They're not in it for beards and spurs and antlers and everything else. They're in it for, for food, and that's kind of where that movement started. And I was super stoked to sit there and actually be able to explain why I do what I do, yeah. And the folks that I take out, and yeah, and how it all comes back down to food. No matter if you're selling duck decoys, they're not going to buy it if they're not eating it, right? So yeah, and it, I mean like you. Kind of like you saying, you kind of alluded to. You see that firsthand with the with the classes that you do. Oh, 100 percent, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's male, female, white, black, yeah. Asian. There's not. I mean, usually they come and no one has a beer. They're all clean cut and clean shaved. Yeah. But they're doctors from New York. Yeah. So what did you you, you had on something? Um, it was back during the fall. You took. I think you you took a guy dove hunting that that had been a vegan. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Vegan for 21 years. What what made him? even come to the point where he said i want to maybe try something else he just i mean he wrote me a long text while i was here and just thanked me for because he knew what i was doing for these seminars and his whole deal was being a vegan i mean he's got a hunting story he actually grew up in texas and had a horrible hunting experience with a bunch of just punk kids and uh, like a 12 year old birthday party and the way that they treated a deer and the way that they killed the deer and everything else they did with it really turned him off from hunting yeah. and he literally became a vegan overnight because of a negative hunting experience. And I think we don't, we never talk about the negative hunting experiences. No. We always talk about the positives or the, the missed shots, but it really turned him off from hunting. And he started following me because of food. Uh, he started mm. and asking tons of questions about food. And through our conversations over six, seven months, he said, Hey, I think I want to retry this hunting thing. I think I want to get back into it. You know, it's been 21 years since I've ever yeah. put a piece of meat in my mouth. And so I was like, well, let's go, man. And so we got him his hunting license. We, he, he got a new gun. We worked through that. And we went out, and he shot his first dove. And I remember just the emotion on his face was something that I'll never forget. Being, yeah. able, to, being able to be that person that showed him that we're, I'm not his dad and I'm not these crazy kids in Texas, but, like, we're doing it for a reason. And then we took it back, and we plucked, and we skinned, and we grilled, and we cooked. And, yeah. and he took a first bite of meat in 21 years and just, again – we think of it as just a dove or just a duck right. or just a deer. But someone on that level, it was almost like a spiritual movement for him. Like, yeah. Where, you know, and now his wife's talking about wanting to go to one of my fulfilled to play classes and learn about yeah. deer hunting. And his wife's been a vegan her whole life. Yeah. So I think there's this movement with food and respect yeah. that a lot of people need to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. Because, it, as, well, as you know, the decline in television itself. Yeah. Like nobody wants to watch the hunting shows anymore, but Not the now, number yeah. but the number one network is the Food Network, right? And A and E with all those Beyond Wild and right. Living in Alaska and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So people want this dive back to reality and getting away from the cell phones, and which is funny because the advance in technology has actually hurt us. But I think the advance in technology will help us get yeah. back to where we want to go. Yeah, we just have to reach that generation that was taken from outside to go inside to play video games and yeah television and i mean sitting there watching my daughters watch people play games on youtube <laughs> and i'm like you're watching someone play barbies on youtube just go play barbies yeah 
And then I turn around and I watch us watching hunting programs <laughs> on our phones when we're instead of getting outside. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. crap, we're doing the same exact thing that my yeah. daughter's doing with Barbies. And so it's putting that down and actually yeah. going outside and picking up a bow. And That's funny. I hadn't thought of that, but that's funny. Yeah, we're just we're exactly the same, yeah. just grown-ups, you know. Yeah. There's a lot to be taken away from that, I think, you know, just to the one that that one negative experience of hunting with that guy turned him off like that. Because, I mean, there's no telling how many people that has happened to, maybe not so drastic that they, you know, Decided to go, you know, a vegan lifestyle, but maybe so, hey, I don't want to hunt anymore. Yeah, I had actually had two people that came to the class this year with the same exact experience. One girl, she was nine, and her dad made her shoot squirrels, and it just devastated her that her dad made her, and like, she was like, he put the gun in my hand, said, pull the trigger, and and it turned her off from hunting, and now she's, you know, in her late 30s, early 40s, and she's coming to the class to, and I literally sat there in the blind and said, I'm not your dad. I could care less if you shoot the animal, let's just watch it. Yeah, and then another dude who was in his late forties, and same bad experience with his dad making him shoot something, and he didn't want to, so he never hunted again. But now his kids want to get into it, yeah. and so he's wanting to change and not be like his father. So he took the class to learn yeah. that there's a better way. And he texted me a picture this year, yeah. and him and his son went out deer hunting, and so it's a cool thing that to be that positive role model yeah. versus so many of us that are just so caught up in shoot him yeah and to be you know to be able to be kind of the bridge for those people to get them back to looking at hunting and hunting in a positive way right it's just you know i I thought i thought about that before you know probably through just having conversations with you or or other people that talk about this movement um where hunting is going and i you know kind of like you were talking about like someone who grew up like us you know like a dove just a dove or whatever and and i get that you know like we do it so often it becomes like second nature and I i was like you know I should never get to the point where whatever it is, dove, duck, deer, turkey, like to where when I shoot an animal, the fact that I just killed an animal, that shouldn't be lost on me. Right. You know? Or the fact, I mean, that's that's something that I guess I shouldn't say easy to get used to, but I, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and lie. Like, I've, I've done that before. Right. Like, I went back and looked at it. I was like, man, I just, you know, I just, boom, you know, got excited, loaded them up. You know, I never really thought about what I had done until, like, the the, the I guess the big noticing point for me and i know i've talked about this on this podcast a million times when i was with my mom when she killed her first deer right you know because it, it was because she you know she had never killed anything that was the first thing she'd ever killed just watching her reaction to it i was like you know that you know i think that's how it's supposed to be i mean you're not supposed you're not going to get that you know wound up like you do on your first one but i mean like the whole every bit of i just you know i just took this animal's life and all, like you could see all of that you know process through her head right no and taking out new hunters for me like 130 new hunters last year i got to see that a lot yeah and i flat out told people i said i'll never shoot an animal again if i get to sit and watch a first time hunter shoot yeah. hunt like i have no desire to do that if i can sit in a blind and watch a new person hunt and harvest mm-hmm. it's just yeah it's like watching a kid open a present on you know christmas morning agree and even think about how happy you were when you opened up your stocking yeah now your mom hands you your stocking. You're like, dump it out. Yeah. Thanks, mom. I'm 35 years old. Oh, sweet. You give me two movie tickets. Honey, yeah. you want to go see a movie? <laughs> like the joy is lost because it becomes repetitive and it becomes normal. Right. It becomes, this is what we do. Yeah. And so I, I constantly try to, that's that's why I pray over every animal because I think it really brings me back into mm-hmm. like, hey, God save this animal for you at this moment and, right. and thank him for it. So Yeah, I agree with that. It's, not, like I said, it's something that like I've made like a, commitment to myself i'm like i'm not gonna let that become lost on me because it's a big deal i really think it is agreed and especially a big deal when someone else is watching you yeah yeah 100 percent. well let's talk about let's talk about i mean obviously i mean like we gotta talk about cooking some turkey mm. i mean that's what i mean you know 
That's what it's what you do, man. That's what I do. That's what you do. Um, so let's let I don't know. Let's run a fun a fun question by you first. So I, if I ask you like first, the first time you remember eating wild turkey, what comes to your head? Disgusting. Really? <laughs> what happened? To, what What happened? I mean, the first wild turkey I ever ate was the first one I shot when I was like twenty one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had I had been hunting. I had been trying to hunt turkey for four years and never shot one because again southern california it's not like going out to the farm and you know the turkeys every single year that where they're going to be and what they're going to do right we're shooting rios in the desert like yeah they they're roosting on telephone poles not in oak trees and and so when i finally got one again this is before from field to plate i had no idea what i was doing and i was thinking oh you know cooking like a chicken yeah and overcooked and dried and mm-hmm. and I was just like Ugh. you know no skin <laughs> and it was yeah. just one of those deals and looked at it and I'm like well okay I guess I guess it's good and then I shot another one and it got better because I ended up you know plucking it and yeah. put it in a turkey bag and put a bunch of fixings in it and yeah. liquids and I was like alright this is good yeah. and then from there it just evolved to like oh it's just meat and once you understand that like you ain't gonna get salmonella on it yeah. like just eat it <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's kind of a it really has changed. But yeah, the first impression was like just choking down chalk, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just overdone chicken. Oh, especially with the lack of fat. Yeah. It's just like, ugh. Because it is very lean, but. Just yeah. like just like me and you. Yeah. Very lean. Jordan, don't interrupt my podcast, man. Happy birthday. <laughs> Typical. He probably, you know what he did? He'd probably been out there for a while, but he heard us talking about food. So when he comes, the stomach started growling. That's how he operates, yeah. <laughs> so um, you sent me something earlier in the year. It was that uh, was it bu- bu- that butternut squash thing you did? Oh, dude, so good. Yeah, I was like, that, some of the stuff you do, man. I'm like, I'm like, that doesn't even look like I could. I don't even know if I could do that. <laughs> well, I say that, but I thought that about those bone and chops the first time before I tried it. Yeah, now you're killing it. Well, you know, I mean, I'm no from field to plate, but I, I'm, I do all right. From pickle to lake. <laughs> <laughs> new hashtag uh, there it is no i think i think for me it's utilizing food as food and not thinking about it as wild game yeah and a lot of people view wild game as an add-on yeah versus utilizing it as a meat and so for me when i had leftover smoked wild turkey i'm like man what do i gotta do with it i don't want to make a sandwich i don't want to make it right. your typical thing yeah and it was cold outside and my wife's favorite thing is butternut squash and i was like hmm and so I just literally cut butternut squash, threw them on the Traeger, and let it just smoke down, and then just made, and it was absolutely insane. Now, photography, that's just something that I've picked up and like to do, but anyone can make anything. Yeah. Because the one bowl you see is the food my wife eats. The bowl that me and my daughters eat look like crap. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we just throw it all together yeah. and stir it up. But to take that, but again, like I said, it's getting people excited about wild game through a beautiful picture. Yeah. And it's telling a story. Like, if you look at my food, I try to... I try to invoke something. Yeah. I try to, you know, I don't know how many people, like, my mouth's literally watering right now. Yeah. Or, you know, oh, I want to go out. Well, I can see that picture in my head because we're talking about it. Like, right. I, like, I can see that picture, and I make, yeah, it makes me want, yep. Yeah, and so, and I, and I try not to overcrowd it with, like, spoons. I mean, sometimes you look at some of these pictures, they're gorgeous, but there's, like, silverware and ingredients and everything all over the plate. Like, for me, like, the food itself is what needs to be shined. And yeah. maybe, I'll, you know, I think on that one I throw a turkey feather. Yeah. Or a turkey wing in one side just to add contrast to the bright orange right suit but yeah i think it's just thinking outside the box and yeah if you like it try to create it and yeah and if you screw up guess what next time you know not to not to make that recipe yeah, like, don't try that again yeah but I, you said that on here before and i really like that because yeah I, again I've, I've done that 
where I kill, you know, I kill, like I've got some, I don't know, some elk meat or something. I'm like, Man, we gotta have the guys over. You know, we gotta have, gotta have some people over. And then, you know, you're like, not that that's wrong, right? To do, but you're, you're like, the key to what you do is just treating wild game like food, right? Just regular food, not like, oh, I've got to do this with it. Just your everyday meals. Yeah, I was talking to someone about this the other day. They were talking about how they're, they're on a budget, and they just can't figure out their grocery bill. Yeah. And they're this and that. And he's, I'm going over it because I'm really big with budgets. Yeah. And I'm going over it with them, and he's, I'm looking at how much money he's spending on meat. Yeah. And I go, dude, you have two elks in your freezer. He's yeah. like, well, yeah, but that's for like special occasions. Like, you have 590 pounds of meat. Last year, your family bought 600 pounds of meat. Guess what? You could have saved, you know, I think it was like yeah. $12,000 on meat. Well, think about if you go to the grocery store and buy a steak. Yeah. No, yeah. It's like a $9 steak, right? For I mean, yeah. I don't know. I've bought steaks in 10 years. But right. it was an eye-opening experience for him because it was like, oh, my gosh. And I get all the time from people, hey, I've got uh, I've got deer that's been in my freezer for four years. Yeah. How the heck do you have a deer that's been in your freezer for four years? Mm. I mean, I've got two full freezers, and by the time deer season starts next year, I'm going to be like just eating probably, you know, yeah. turkeys and stuff yeah. that I have left over or fish from the ocean. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't know if it came from – which I know I was never that bad. I mean, I never let them stay that long anyway, but I don't know if it came from talking to you and just utilizing it more. But I usually, like, by the end of deer season, I'm usually pretty stocked up. Right. We had, like, a couple weeks of deer season left, and, like, I had killed, you know – I killed some bucks and killed does like i and i looked at my freezer i was like where's all my meat <laughs> i kind of go kill a few more does i was like i wouldn't i mean nothing to last me right. until because yeah, i started but but, uh, it's, but it's a good thing i mean you know it's like we talk about this this eating movement and this food movement and sometimes we get so caught up and i just want jerky sticks yeah I just, you know i heard someone this this year like oh, i shot two just to have them turn into jerky i was like well, if that's what you're gonna do that's what you're gonna do but what about the steaks? What about the ground? Yeah. What about the, and he's like, well, I just don't like deer meat. That's crazy. And so I invited him over and cooked a meal. He went, dang it. I should have sent those two deers to go make jerky. Yeah. I was like, you just spent $300 to get deer made into jerky. Yeah. And that's just the, no offense to anyone. Else. I mean, I love jerky. Don't get me wrong. I bring it all the time to places. Yeah. But who in the right mind needs 120 pounds of yeah. deer jerky? Yeah. Right. That's or a, deer sausage. And or he showed me a summer sausage. It was like a four pound summer sausage. <laughs> I was like, dude, you just took one whole back leg of a deer and made a summer sausage out of it. Like, yeah. I mean, it's great, but who's yeah. gonna eat four pounds of summer sausage? I don't know, but I, I this, um, like you're talking about with the budgets and all that stuff. Like the, uh, I can't tell you how many people, either when I cook it for them now or when I post stuff on Instagram, or whatever, and I tag you in it and stuff, and everyone, like either one, just a bone and chops to ask me how I do it, and then the other one is like, what do you marinate that stuff in? Super juice. Exactly, and then um. And guy that goes to the gym, I gave him some uh, elk steaks, and he was like, uh, "Yeah, man." He's like, "What do you, like, what are you marinate?" And I was like, "A super juice marinade." He's like, "He's like, oh, man." He's like, uh, "I'll do it, but you know, if he, he said if he, he's probably probably good, I just I hate to go to the grocery store spend all that money." I was like, "Dude," I was like, "Just go look at the link I sent you. You're not gonna spend that much money." Yeah, I think that whole recipe costs like six bucks. Yeah, yeah, like, a lot of it already had in my cabinets. Right, and I that's like, but I, I always tell people what you buy for that super juice, you'll be able to use six, seven, eight times. Yeah, yeah, easily. And it's, I mean, it, 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 everyone, everyone that I've given that, that marinade to, they're like, oh yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah. Not bad for a white boy from California, huh? No, it's pretty good actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tell like, the first time I gave it to my, to my mom, like, cause mom's not like, you know, my mom eats wild game, but like, she's always been under the deal. Like if you say you want this beef steak or do you want, you know, an elk backstrap steak, she's like, I'm going to want beef steak, you know? Um, 
and it was one of the i mean it wasn't the first time i tried that marinade i had done it enough to where i'd kind of gotten i was like all right this is this is good this is the way i want to do it and i cooked uh back elk backstrap steaks for her my dad and me and she was like this is fantastic she was like okay I think you called me right after. Or texted I, I, me like yeah, right I sent after. you a picture of it. Right, because like, she had never said that. She's always like, if you if you make her some kind, of, she'll, she'll either go, I don't want one, or she would say, you know, it was good. But it, she's she's always honest. Like, well, we we still right beef steak and favorite over here. We you know what do we? She, but she was like, that was fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, makes me feel good. Makes me feel like I'm doing what I'm doing. It's actually working. You are. Right. What you're doing is working. Obviously, right. I mean, because you're here talking about what you're talking about and. Uh, Every time I look at your Instagram, it's growing more, which is great. I mean, yeah, just being here, it's growing like 350 people. Yeah. It's insane. It's fantastic. And I don't show boobs, which is even better. I mean, you could. Yeah, but then I'd lose. <laughs> <laughs> I'd lose 10,000 in a day. Man, that conversation took a turn, but it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, al- I'm always good for a punchline when I'm, when I'm about to cry, so. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, um, I, got the, I, think, I think we're where hunting is right now, like I said, the the reason that we're here is because of, you know, not some not so great things. Right. But I think it's gonna be beneficial to us in the long run. I agree. Hundred you know? percent. I, I think it's gonna make not not it's I don't think it's I think it's not only gonna bring in a bunch of new hunters, but I think the the people that are already hunters, I think it's gonna bring us back to a place that we need to be. I agree. You know, so much like you talk about so much away from that trophy hunter mindset. Right. And that's what I think. Well even after like the seminar yesterday as we're all walking out, it was, I had someone walk up to me. They're like, do you notice that you, the line of people to shake your hand is three times as long as Cuz and Jimmy? Yeah. And now these guys are icons that I've looked up to yeah. my entire life, you know, because they've been doing it and they've been in there. But every person was like, thank you. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. You know, even having, you know, Matt and Zink come over and they're like, dude, that hit me between the eyes. Yeah. We need to focus, you know, change our focus. And it's cool that it can come from a place where I just was sick of seeing it. Yeah. And and I was sick of being, doing it by myself. And yeah. I mean, I don't even watch hunting programs anymore because it just disgusts me. Yeah. That it's an hour-long program of us pursuing a game, and then the very last scene is them conquering and yeah. taking a trophy picture. Like, to me, that's one second of a, you know, yeah. of a one-hour story mm-hmm. is the actual shot itself. And so it's kind of cool to see those people. And then on Facebook, people are just exploding too. Hey, listen to your talk yesterday. Yeah. And... Hey, we run the Ohio chapter. We need you to come out and talk at ours because we have a lot of people. Hey, we run the Arkansas chapter, and this is what – hey, I run this. And so for me, it was really exciting and uplifting because folks that have been doing this their entire life yeah. looked at it and said, yeah, we need to make a change. Yeah. And it's and we've been talking about R3 for a while, and I think it's this take-out kids mentorship. and Right. But like I was telling them, and now they're using it, is I've never seen a kid walk into a Bass Pro and buy a gun and a license by himself mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. But taking out the the folks, their parents, and getting them excited is what's yeah. really going to change it, and yeah. and stop fighting about politics and yeah. gun control. And I mean, I've taken out people that are anti guns on hunting trips, and guess what they go and buy? Crossbow. A gun. A gun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even, even better. Even at my church, like we had one guy, like a couple years ago, that was very anti, like yeah. everything I was doing, blocking, trying to, trying to just destroy me. Again, Southern California, it's not like normal, <laughs> and. Last year, I helped him pick out his first gun, and him and his wife went and took a class on how to handgun safety, and yeah. then I took him out on an antelope hunt, and because I just was who I was, and I showed him that I'm not a gun-toting hillbilly that just wants to go shoot up signs right. and, and do stuff, but it's a, it's a tool yeah. in our arsenal. It's not, yeah. a, it's not a weapon. It's a tool, just like 
just like my knife, just like my crock pot. It's a tool for me to pursue my dinner and yeah. get dirty for it. So yeah, well, that's what it takes, man. It really like it takes someone to look at it in a different way to bring change because it's like because I mean I firmly believe you know it, I'd say ninety eight percent of the people at this convention are good people. Oh, hundred percent. They and they don't like they just need someone like you to say hey try looking at it this way right for them to go oh okay i get that you know right yeah i mean that, that, like i said it, it makes sense to me yeah there's i mean there's nothing wrong with our culture yeah but there's stuff wrong that we don't want to invite other cultures into our yeah. culture and that's where the problem lies i mean you look at some of the denominations in church it's like well no you can't you can't marry my daughter because you're not a protestant right well, we all believe in jesus so what does it matter i think if we all believe in hunting and hunting heritage and culture, like the, actually the foundation of what hunting started as, yeah. it doesn't matter how you do it or why you do it. Let's all just remember that we're hunters, yeah. that we can come together. If, yeah. it, if you just want to go out and shoot coots because you love coots, like we're not going to make fun of you for shooting coots. It's going to, that's what you want to eat. Let's, yeah. let's make it the best you yeah. can. Or, you know, seeing some of these folks that are posting pictures of small little three pointers yeah. and the hunting community just explodes on these Deer people. Deer shaming, yeah. And it's like, dude, that guy might never go out and hunt again or ever post another picture or never take anybody out Yeah, just because you wanted your testosterone to, you know, go crazy that that was a small deer. But to him, that might've been the biggest deer of his life. Yeah. And even if it wasn't, even if if that's that's legal where he was, take it. And he was excited about that hunt and he's going to eat that deer. Who cares? Like you said, like who cares? That's his hunt. It's his deer. Right. But we had a guy like uh, Jordan shot a deer at Cottonmouth for the show. Right. And this is, I mean, probably, I mean, he was an older eight point, probably score 115 inches, which, I mean, honestly, on Cottonmouth, that's, you got deer that, ha- you know, bucks that have much larger antlers than that, but this was an older deer. Jordan, you know, Jordan, me, and everyone on the crew are a lot alike. If it's a mature deer, a mature buck, we're excited to shoot it, you right, know? Right. So we post a picture of it like we always do. We had a guy get on there, like, you're shooting small deer for TV. What's wrong with y'all? I. <laughs> Come on, guy. Like, right. what's your problem? But the neck on the thing's huge. The yeah. nose is all flat yeah. and gray, and you, you can yeah. tell it's a six-year-old, seven-year-old deer. It just, I mean, they would do that to, you know, like, come on, man. Like, yeah. like you're just, you know, cannibalizing within, within well, their posted, own community. I took out someone on their first duck hunt, and he was holding up a, a drake and a hen. And someone's like, you didn't, you know, why are you taking hens? You're yeah. destroying the duck population. I was yeah. like, first of all, it's a widgeon. Yeah. And where we are, widgeons are like, I mean, all of the lakes and ponds are just covered in, in widgeons. Yeah. And you really can't tell a widgeon when they're flying in male or female just with their colors. Not right. like you can a green head or, yeah. or, or, or a cinnamon or some of the teals right. that come in. Right. And I go, just get over it, dude. He's going to eat it. Like, yeah. And what is I mean, one duck's going to lay another 12 eggs. Yeah. Yes, it does. But then I look at that guy's thing and, he's, and he shoots does or he shoots everything. I'm yeah. like, but to him, that duck female, you know, that hen was yeah. – was his thing. Yeah. It's like, dude, like even in California, we've got a fall season where you can shoot hen turkeys. Right. You know, and seeing some of these guys shoot these turkeys, they've, they've pursued turkeys their whole life, and finally the hen shows up, and they shoot it, and people get all mad at them. I'm like, it's legal. It's legal. And it's yeah. a big old hen. Like, they're shooting 20-pound hens. Yeah. Like, you look out there, and there's 50 hens out in the field, and this guy gets mad that you shot one. Yeah. It's like, you know what? If it's legal, and the state, you know, and our state does a really well, you know, really good job at managing animals, who cares, man? Yeah. Let's be excited for that guy. Yeah. And let's That's why I tell everybody, you know, if you're hunting legally and you're hunting ethically, you're fine by me. 100%. If you're like, say, I mean, if you're, I don't know, say if I was just a bow hunting purist and I didn't, you know, personally, all I'm going to do is bow hunt, which I'm not. I do everything. But 
I'm not gonna go go <laughs> rifle hunters. What's wrong with you? But they like, do. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, and it bothers me. I'm like, why would you? It's legal what they're doing. I mean, if he's throwing a grenade at them, then yeah, okay, get mad. But like, it's probably legal in Texas. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's always something that's irked me. I'm like, if they're hunting, you know, legally and they're ethically, then they're fine. Yeah. Who like, cares? don't <laughs> we have enough? Hunting has enough negativity. We don't need to throw it within our own circle. Bang. I think we shoot ourselves in the own foot most of the time. Yeah, oh, because yeah. the vegans see that and they jump on it, or the vegetarians or the pita people, they're like, "See, look, look, look! Yeah. You guys came and get it straight." Yeah, it's true. so that's true. But yeah, food, food, I love it. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I keep looking at my calendar of turkey. Yeah. Like, I've been writing for the past six months, been writing all the recipes for yeah. NWTF for their magazine and cool. online, and I've got literally, I think I have two drumsticks left and like a breast. Oh wow. And they're like, oh, we need, I go, oh, turkey season needs to get here quick. Yeah, you need to stock up. <laughs> I, mean, I shot nine last year, so. Yeah. It was nice to. Strong. Yeah. Yeah. Heading to Mexico in April to. Heck yeah. Shoot some colorful birds. Yeah. Well, look, I know we, uh, yeah, the convention's opening up soon, so we'll probably need to wrap this up. But, like, um, before we go, like, definitely, like, tell folks where they can, your website and all that stuff, where they can find. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really easy. From field to plate.com, from field to plate on Facebook, Instagram. If you want to go on the ADD text message, what's called Twitter. Uh, from field the number two plate just because I have too many characters apparently right, right. but yeah no Hank hit there hang up ask me a million questions listen to more Lake Pickle podcasts and <laughs> stay tuned till next duck season when we get together and hunt our dogs absolutely absolutely yeah like guys every like what we were talking about whenever someone asked me about that marinade I just go to that website and I go to the link and then I send it to them like all that stuff's right there it's a great resource I've used it from I use it multiple times and I'm actually redesigning the website so you can actually click on uh, animal specifics so you can click on elk you can click on deer you can click on marinades you can click on and it'll take you right to it but oh, awesome and even on instagram in the save stories there's this save story for super juice yeah so you can click that as well as how to bone out your chops and yeah so and i've also just done a bunch of stuff for masio go yeah so if you want to jump on there and which is really cool masio go is oh, really cool it is yeah. insane we did how to sharpen every single type of knife and fish hook and we've done a bunch of different recipes and stuff for them so head on over there and download it check it out because i think Lake and I are both on there. So. Yeah, it's in some form or fashion. Cool. Um, all right, guys. Jer- Jeremiah, thanks. No worries. Yeah, being able to do a podcast sitting across instead of f- phone calling, I've enjoyed this. And, um, guys, I hope you all enjoyed the co- conversation as much as I did. Both of us, I think, got to get to work at the last day of the convention. But, as always, thank you all for listening to the Speak the Language podcast. Jeremiah, thanks. Hey, thanks for having me.